Hello, my friends. How are you today? You're listening to the St. Mark Bemidji Sunday Edition Podcast, which is brought to you by Church Nursery Toys. Toys that are probably older than you are, but are still more interesting than the average TikTok video. This podcast features a replay of our Sunday sermon, or on occasion a sermon from another Wells sister church. Today's meditation comes to us from our home church here in Bemidji and is titled, Freely You Have Received, Freely Give. And it's based upon a reading from Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, through chapter 10, verse 8. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Jesus called his twelve disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. The names of the twelve apostles, first Simon, who was called Peter, his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus. Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. Now, let's join Pastor Zamzow for today's sermon. In the name of Christ Jesus, our Savior, the Good Shepherd of us sheep. Amen. This account from Matthew that we read a moment ago begins this way. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. We readily recall stories like this from the Bible. We maybe learned them when we were little kids in vacation Bible school or Sunday school or catechism class. And maybe you can picture this in your head. Jesus with the twelve walking up and down the dusty roads of Jerusalem. It's a rather familiar image. But how often do we consider the fact that He didn't have to? He didn't need to. Think of how many dangers He faced. In just saying that, Jesus going from different towns and villages. It's the first century. There's bandits, people lying in wait, ready to take advantage of the lonely travelers. There's wild animals, harsh weather, lack of food or water. And Jesus travels on foot with His twelve disciples going from town to town. I think it was far and away. A little bit of a different picture and far more is is implied in those words than the classic 
Sunday school cartoon image of Jesus and the Twelve walking down a nice little path. He didn't have to do it, yet He did. He freely left the glories of heaven, a place not bound by space or time or the laws of matter as we know it. He left a place of perfection and peace and bliss for this. To do this very thing. To teach lost sheep like His disciples. The people in those crowds. And still today, us. Proclaiming to us the good news of the kingdom and even more for you and I at no cost. And maybe we think to ourselves, why did God choose to do it this way? If you were God, if I were God, we think about how we might have accomplished the salvation of the world. Oh, I don't know. Take the world by storm with 10,000 legions of angels and bring us back to Him that way. Or maybe any other miraculous way that He might draw us back to Himself. Why does He have to go about it in this way? Why does, he, why does Almighty God choose to accomplish the salvation, the forgiveness of sins, to bring His sheep the glories of heaven in this way? It's not how I would have done it. Maybe not how you would have done it. But it had to be this way. He humbles Himself gives Himself to show clearly what He says to His disciples at the end of the Gospel account. Freely you have received. Freely give. Jesus goes about and what does He see as He's on His journey with His disciples? The thing that jumps out to Him is the fact that there's these crowds harassed and helpless like sheep with no shepherd. Indeed, there were those who thought themselves shepherds, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, but they were nothing but wolves in sheep's clothing. Telling those people that they knew the way to get right with God. They knew how to get into God's good graces. And it was all about what you must do. It was all about keeping the Ten Commandments or the 600 some odd additional laws that the rabbis had put together to keep the Ten Commandments in some sort of outward way. Jesus looks out at the crowd and He sees these people who are harassed and helpless with burdened consciences. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine if every Sunday you came into church and you heard the person standing up here telling you something that you must do in order to get right with God? Can you picture that for a minute? What a wild image it is. You must do this. You must keep this. You must be this way. You'd be sitting there wondering if you'd done enough. You'd be sitting there wondering on your deathbed. You know, you know the, 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 the pastor comes to visit you on your deathbed or if you're in the hospital and says, well, did you make sure you made up for that sin you did that last week or that dirty thought that you had? Thank God it isn't like that. But that's what it was like for the Jews. 
living under the Pharisees and the Sadducees as they had tried to done their best to cover over the grace of God that was shown to His people. Misled them into thinking that they could actually keep the Ten Commandments in some outward way. And it did one of two things. Either it led to the sin of arrogance and self-righteousness, or it did, as I said before, and led people just to despair. How could I possibly make up for the things that I've done? All because they believed that they earned heaven or God's grace by receiving some, like, like earning some wage by their own behavior. Brothers and sisters in Christ, many of us have been Christians for our whole life. And if you're like me, we know that we readily have a Savior who we can turn to. Even in the darkest moments of life, that's what's proclaimed from this pulpit every week. That no matter what sin, no matter how depraved, when a Christian comes to God in repentance, there's no gatekeeping. The full and free forgiveness of Christ is given and is granted. But it's the devil who would have us, like he tricked the Pharisees and the Sadducees, it's the devil who would have us forget it or to cover over it, as he did in Jesus' day. And today, he tries to blind people to it and ironically makes it not so different than it was back then. As we, as Christians, look out at the world around us, maybe you flip on the news or you turn on the radio and you watch social media, I guess before I say this, don't mistake my meaning. I'm not saying that we should go out and intentionally offend people or be rude. No, treat people with love and respect, of course. But what do you think that we are witnessing when we see this extreme political correctness in our country? People who are checking privilege or watching out for microaggressions or using uh, or, or insisting upon the use of proper pronouns in language or not wanting to be offended in any situation, labeling everything that one doesn't agree with as racist or sexist or misogynistic. What are we watching a society wrestle with? It's not so different than the days of Jesus where the Pharisees and Sadducees were trying to tell the people to be perfect. Think of all the burdened consciences. All the burdened consciences. We're watching a society in pursuit of perfection, albeit misguided. We're seeing the conscience run amok in search of a perfect utopia where nobody is ever offended, no one is excluded, and there is no crying or hunger or pain or loss. That's indeed what we're seeing. That's indeed what we watch. This gatekeeping with one political social doctrine or another, people in this aimless, unattainable pursuit of perfection here on earth, which the Christian knows cannot be. The people in the crowds, the people in the world around us are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. They don't know what you and I know.
They're used to having speakers tell them, you must do this. You must do that. But that's not what we gather around God's Word every week to hear. Isn't there a stark difference, though, between us and Jesus when it comes to the reaction? It just highlights our, our own sinful nature. And when we see the, the world going that way, or when we see these examples of extreme political correctness, or we watch this stuff, isn't often our reaction maybe more like disgust or anger? Yet when Jesus saw the crowds, He has compassion on them. Literally, the word in Greek means to have your guts turned over. Like when you're watching somebody in an absolutely hopeless and helpless situation, you can do nothing about it. Your heart just aches for them. Your stomach rolls over. As Jesus watched what these crowds were undergoing, when He saw what was being taught to them, this is His reaction. Jesus knew that these people, above all else, needed hope. They needed to have the guilty conscience salved. They needed to have their eyes opened that the pursuit to get right with God on one's own accord is completely fruitless. No one can offer God a single thing since everything belongs to God already. He knew that these people needed to know and be reminded of God's grace and mercy and forgiveness freely. The first thing Jesus does upon seeing this is prepares His disciples to go out and proclaim that life-giving truth. He enables them freely to perform signs and wonders and miracles to cure and to drive out demons, but also to proclaim that the kingdom of heaven had come near. Christ had come down from heaven, unasked for and unearned, to proclaim the gospel of full and free forgiveness. The long-promised One of Ages had arrived in their time. The Savior that was spoken of to Adam and Eve in Genesis was there. The substitute promised to Abraham when He took the ram and it replaced His Son on the altar was there. The mercy of God to His, uh, person- the mercy of God to his children of Israel in the wilderness personified. He was there. Freely. The mercy of God. And that's why Jesus says to His disciples, don't go yet. Don't go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritan. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. Because salvation was promised to come through them. To their bloodline. To the grace of God. And He was there now. On the outside, one just might simply say that that message wouldn't have meant a whole lot at this point to those Gentile believers. This message, this Gospel, was specifically meant for the Jewish people. The reason they were God's chosen. The reason for the Passover lamb. The reason for all the sacrifices. And the scapegoats, down through the centuries, had arrived. He came freely. That they might give freely. It had to be this way so it could be shown that this prophecy was made. This prophecy made was kept perfectly, unasked for and unearned, lest they think that it was something that they did which brought Jesus down to them. 
that was historically kind of the great sin of Israel overall. They forgot what it meant to be God's chosen people. Thought it was something special about themselves. Well, we have the law. We have the tabernacle. We have the temple. We built those things. We did that stuff. We're God's chosen. We earned it. Mm -mm. God gave His grace and His mercy and His promise freely to them. You are my chosen, not because of anything that you have done. You are my chosen because I will send the Savior through you. That's human nature, I suppose. To be selfish or to think that we deserve some blessing. Or that we deserve something from God. Like a little kid who gets a cool present at his birthday and is reluctant to share it. Because it's mine! I got it! I had it first! <laughs> Even though that child did nothing to earn it, it was a gift that was freely given. But that's not to say that that gift didn't have a price. Somebody bought it. Mom, dad, grandma, or grandpa. And such as it is with Jesus. Not only did He travel and perform these miracles freely and proclaim peace to His people, He was only able to do that because He knew the price that had to be paid. The one that He must endure. The blood price for sin, for theirs, for yours, and for mine. For all of our selfish pride, for every single time that we got angry with the unbelieving world instead of giving our compassion, instead of saying, how can they believe if they have not heard? Yes, freely we too have received the Gospel message. Freely many of us have gone most of our lives knowing the peace and the comfort that comes from this Gospel of Jesus, and we did nothing to earn it. Freely we have received it. Freely give it. It's why Paul says to the Corinthians, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God, for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. This is the bread and butter Christianity that our souls and the souls of others so desperately need. I heard it many times from friends and other pastors that there's no forgiveness that happens without sacrifice. And when, our, when we are sinned against, it is our natural reaction to want to withhold that forgiveness. To be a gatekeeper for that forgiveness. Be it a child or a co-worker or a friend or a spouse. We have the opportunity when we are sinned against and somebody comes to us and says, I'm sorry. We have the opportunity to highlight and to show what the heart and core of our faith is. To sacrifice a vengeful attitude. To sacrifice a sense of justice. To sacrifice the idea of karma. Sacrifice the idea of comeuppance. Sacrifice the idea of getting mine on the altar of forgiveness. The devil would want us to believe that we need those things to be happy and healthy and maintain a balanced life but we'll never be truly spiritually healthy until we understand what it is that we have freely received forgiveness and therefore to freely give it. That's what we have here. When we come to the altar, Jesus freely still gives Himself to us.
He still freely gives Himself in with and under the bread and wine. There is no gatekeeping here for the repentant sinner. Come, eat, drink. Receive the peace and the forgiveness of God. The forgiveness that Jesus has for you. The forgiveness that He won with His own blood, paid the price that we might freely receive and thus freely give. Amen. We hope that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Divine services are held right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday school and adult Bible study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. Our church services are live-streamed at 8 a.m. on Sunday mornings and are available afterwards on our channel, St. Mark Lutheran Church Bemidji. If you're listening or watching this podcast, you are cordially invited to join us in person next week and every week. This is our fourth year producing this podcast, and there is a large archive of devotional material online available if you want to learn more about God and His Word. Visit www.stmarkbemidji.org or look in the show notes in this podcast for a link to this and many other meditations on God. You can also search for St. Mark Bemidji on YouTube to find our channel. If you have any questions or you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again, www.stmarkbemidji.org. All scripture readings are taken from the Holy Bible, New International Version, copyright 2011, and are used by permission from Zondervan. Meditation's daily devotional is published by Northwestern Publishing House and is also used by permission. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider subscribing and telling a friend. May God bless the rest of your day. salvation free lasting to eternity